Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available at Amazon. That was written by B.J. Trollio. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. And you can find Steve at steveazar.com. Today, I have the University of Tennessee men's golf coach, Brennan Webb, back on the podcast to catch up with him and the progress of the team. They've improved over the last three years. He's been at the helm. He's got a new contract extension. We're excited to see they made the NCAA championship uh, for the first time since 2013. So let's welcome Brennan Webb to the podcast. Brennan? Thanks for having me, Jim. Looking forward to our chat. Such a great year last year. and Lots of excellent. Expectations. So how do you keep those expectations down? And what were your expectations kind of maybe when you took the job? And where do you see uh, where everything's gone since you've been there? And, you know, how to keep the chemistry going? How do you keep those things going and keeping these guys motivated to, and kind of feed off of what they accomplished uh, last season? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think my expectations weren't very high uh, when I got here. Um, for the you know the first couple of years of, of my tenure here, and they we certainly have exceeded all of those expectations and then some. Um, the guys that were here were were ready to listen and be coached and and get to work, and they're super talented. And so, a combination of all that has led to some pretty good results here the last three years, and continue to uh, to get better every year. And look forward to keep keep doing that over the next few years. You know, Brennan, one of the things I liked and what I saw is the chemistry, and I mentioned that a little bit earlier, that the team has, and how they just genuinely like each other, how they get along. Because I think chemistry becomes natural. You can't really force that. But, you know, when you look at these guys and they're competing against each other, you know, it kind of reminds me of my team back uh, several years ago when we were really competitive against each other, but we pulled for each other. But now we're in our 50s and our 60s. We still pull for each other. We're still good friends. And these are friendships you make for a long time. But how do you keep that chemistry going and how do you keep these guys motivated to kind of stay together as a team and a unit? Yeah, I mean, I think it just starts with being honest with everybody and, um, you know, being honest in what our expectations are, being honest in what each, each person's role is currently on the team. Um, and, you know, there's no really kind of gray area. Everyone knows where they stand. Everyone knows what's expected of them. And, the, you know, guys have bought into it and, and doing their things. And, and so you may not be the best player on the team, but you're doing the right things every day and pushing the other guys. And so the best player on the team, he still respects you. He still is including you because he sees how hard you're working and um, that you're giving, like we say, giving your all for Tennessee. And so it just starts with, with honesty, and then that trickles down into the respect levels of everyone doing the right things. Fall season starts, and it's kind of a unique way to start. It's at the Blessings, and all SEC men's and women's teams are there. Uh, and actually, y'all get paired together. You know, what were the challenges? And tell us about what that was like when you got together and you were all there together. It had to be a lot of fun for the team to play together. Probably easier for you to coach together. But sometimes, you know, if the guys gets going south, I mean, you got to kind of figure out, hey, guys, we got to get it together. We can't let this happen. Can't let that bother us. Uh, but the reverse of that, you maybe get on good momentum. You get things going. You kind of get that uh, thing going. But you cheer for each other. So I think that's kind of the unique thing. And uh, how would you all handle that? tell us about that first week down there at the blessings on the golf channel yeah it was uh it was really enjoyable i wasn't to be honest i wasn't looking forward to it um i did just you know the uncertainty of and of the unknown leads obviously leads to some of the anxiety but we had we had practiced um doing that before we got there we had talked about um the things that we felt were going to be important and 
due to the uniqueness of the event. And so I felt like we were probably more prepared than, than some other teams and, and we're used to kind of doing that feel. But just like you said previously, it goes back to the fact they love each other and care about each other. And so the energy in the group was extremely positive. Um, even though some guys were struggling, no one got down. And so that we were just able to carry that on and um, I had a great week. I had Bryce Lewis uh, on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and we talked about the blessings and how did you guys prepare for that and get ready for the cameras? But he said he kind of fed off that. Of course, when we know Bryce, that's kind of his personality. He loves the cameras and loves to show off like so many uh, top players do. They just love the, the moment, and he wanted to be part of that. But, uh, you know, was there a way to prepare for that? Because you knew Brant Packer, our producer, was going to put you all on there. You know you all were going to see uh, a lot of the Tennessee Vols, but that had to be something that uh, – for these guys in the back of their minds and it was a challenge for everybody didn't it we actually had uh, some cameras from vfl films come out the week before and film us while we were playing um had 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 the guys live mic'd up and they did some interviews and everything so that i don't know if that helped any but we certainly we did that um and you know i mean guys that are competitors they love that stuff they look for they love you know showing off like bryce says and um so we got some guys that are competitors so that that didn't face them they like they like that they love that attention yeah, so well said. I, I think one of the challenges so many people had was with COVID testing and, and keeping their players disciplined and, and, and healthy. I mean, what did you guys do to kind of keep them disciplined? Because college kids want to be college kids. You know, they want to get out. They want to be out with other people. But what did you tell the guys, you know, hey, be smart, stay disciplined. This is a big season, uh, and let's just not do anything silly and, and cost us the season. Yeah, I mean, just that, you know, they're not normal. That they, they, they receive and, uh, and have earned a lot of, extra stuff from from a normal athlete or sorry a normal student at the university of tennessee and sometimes you have to sacrifice for that sometimes you have to pay that back a little bit and you know last year they they did and they didn't get to go out and do as much maybe socializing as they as they normally would um and so that you know they they bought in and they they all came here because they want to go play the pga tour and and being and part of that is being successful in college and, and uh getting to play the highest level of college events against the best players and so the things they had to do to do that were were a little bit different but they bought in they were ready to go and you know golf was golf was their thing you know one of the unique things also about the schedule is you played against all the sec teams in the same tournaments occasionally somebody else would come in but that had to be a challenge the best fields against those guys had to get the guys some confidence uh, playing against the best uh, each and every week absolutely i mean it's obviously the deepest best golf conference in the country and I think, you know, after the end of those eight regular season events where we all played played against each other, we we had the second best record and second best head-to-head record. And so um, you certainly no doubt that if you can go through eight events and do that, then, then you're ready to, to take on anybody if you've done it against the SEC. I think one of the challenging things for so many coaches, or coaches like you with a team like you that's deep, is, is running qualifiers and exemptions. I mean, and you got a guy that has to stay home uh, and not get to play it. It's hard to stay sharp when you're you're at home, sitting at home, wanting to be there, and that's a thing for the guys listening. That's going to happen, and how do you handle it is going to be a key to your success. Uh, three or four times in the fall this year where Coach Bo will take two or three or four guys and they'll go play another tournament um, as individuals against college teams. And so that, you know, just gives our guys an extra opportunity to add to their resume and get that extra competition and, and, you know, prove that they can play at the level we need them to play at when we get on the road with the team, as opposed to, you know, just kind of playing the 
four or five golf courses here where we're members um, over and over again. I think, you know, being in a competition at an actual tournament is going to, you know, determine or show us that you're, you can play in that level. You know, I mentioned guys missing and, uh, you know, spots and traveling. I mean, how do you keep them motivated when they are staying home? What do you tell them or what have you been told in the past that kind of keeps them and guides them going like, hey, keep fighting? Because uh, that's a tough thing. You start missing two or three tournaments, you lose a little confidence. What's your advice to those guys when that happens to them? Well, I had a had a uh, boss of mine once tell me uh, when I was my kids were, were were young and we were talking about them walking and he said ah they all walk to kindergarten that was Coach Hepler Georgia Tech and it's one thing I always remember is they all walk to kindergarten you don't need to worry about it and so I've kind of stole that from him and I tell these guys hey listen everyone walks to kindergarten and, and your time is your time but if you do the right things over and over again day in and day out and when you go to bed you can look in the mirror and go I did everything I could today and you just keep doing that hundreds and hundreds of days in a row, then you'll walk to kindergarten. So um, you just got to, you know, everyone has their own, everyone has their own time. Um, I tell these guys, you know, I played professional golf until I was 30 or sorry, I was uh, 32 years old or 30 years old before I even had a status on, you know, Corn Ferry Tour. And I had watched friends of mine that I played college golf with go on to the PGA Tour and win events. And, uh, you know, that was, wasn't my time yet. So, um, everyone walks to kindergarten, so that's my favorite one right now. You know, we mentioned that. What did you tell yourself? You went through those things and, and those tough things. Took you said it took until you got 32 years old before you got your status, uh, and you kept grinding away. I mean, what were you telling yourself at that point? Because that's a tough time when you're really down because you can beat yourself up if you're not careful. I just looked in the mirror and every night and said, I did what I could today, and I just kept doing it over and over and over again. And, you know, some people that are probably were better than me when we were 25, um, I passed them by. And I think that, you know, I just had the belief that if I was doing the right thing every day, that it was going to work out. And, and it did. And I didn't go on and have a super successful PGA Tour golf career, but I promise I wouldn't have probably got my first coaching job at, at South Florida if I didn't have coming up, wasn't coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. And um, because of that, so I'm the head coach of Tennessee now. So all of those things worked out for what they did. But that, that process that I went through has led me to where I am now. Bryce Lewis gets his uh, first career win, uh, doesn't know where he stands. Do you tell the guys where they stand, or what's your theory on that? And, you know, how do you keep these guys uh, uh, knowing what's going on at the right time? Uh, it's just like everything that comes with experience, you know. We, we kind of figure out which guys want to know and which guys don't want to know, um, or which guys, you know, I think that it, that need to know and which guys don't need to know. So um, it, it's, it varies. You know, I think what we were coming down the stretch with Hunter last year somewhere, and we didn't talk about it. And because we hadn't talked about it all, all year and or all week. And um, at the end of it, he's like, I, I want to know next time I want to know. So, um, you know, I, I was with him again and, and told him exactly where he was the next time. And so, you know, we had cleared that up and that's just what he wanted. And uh, I can remember going through the same thing when I was the assistant at George Tech with, with Ollie Schneider Jans and Anders Elberton, like those guys, they wanted to know. Um, Coach Hepler told me a story of Matt Kuchar won his first tournament in college. He didn't, he didn't know. He didn't want to know. So, it's different for everybody. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. It's just what, whatever works for you. You mentioned the fall ends. You have a successful fall. I mean, what do the guys do in the off time, the off season? Because it can get, you know, a little bit snowy and cold in, in the wintertime in Knoxville, but you have 
the best practice facility, or if not the best, one of them best in the country. Uh, what do they guys do in that off season? Do you guys keep working out? Uh, do they go play in tournaments? Uh, do you try to get together and play uh, once it comes back around before the actual spring season starts, usually about February? But what's the key uh, for the, in the downtime for these guys uh, in the off season between uh, fall and spring? Yeah, I mean they 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 have those all those big amateur tournaments over Christmas. So I tell them that, that to take a break, but very often it's like a one or a two day break before they realize they just want to come back and practice. And so you can force a few of them um, to to take some time off. And certainly the guys that are on the road probably took a little bit more time off, but uh, they don't stop much. You know, these guys work really, really, really hard. And like you said, with the facility we have, they can do whatever they want whenever they want. And so there wasn't much of a, of a downtime. And then they all went away and played a couple of times, at least over the Christmas break. And you get back and, and you know, mid-January and you're ready to go. Um, we'll go, go away on a couple practice weekends. Been fortunate enough to have some great boosters that are taking us to some really, really nice places. Um, and, you know, kind of late January, early February before we get to Puerto Rico for the first event in the spring. We talked about lessons you learned, but what's the one – main point you stress to these guys what's the thing that you've learned the most or you can pass on to these guys uh the best advice you could give them uh going forward just the patience and the discipline that it requires um you know there's no shortcuts everything that these guys are trying to do is really really hard and there's hundreds of thousands of people that also want to do it and so um you know without without the patience and the discipline to do the things you need to do every day it's just not going to happen no matter how talented you are go to a new tournament, new golf course. How do you prepare for that? How do you get uh, a kind of a game plan together so you know kind of how what to expect? Because if you never played it, you call around. I mean, uh, you get yardage books. I mean, what's the process like when you prepare to play a new golf course uh, tournament for the first time? Well, we certainly try to do as much homework as we possibly can before we get there, leading, leading into the even a couple weeks before we get there. So, that we kind of know maybe some things we need to focus on a little bit in practice. Um, certainly call around to, you know, with Bo and I's connections, we usually can find four or five people that have played the golf course or coached at the golf course. Um, and so, you know, we'll go through that and then we do a lot of Google earth and, and work with the yardage book beforehand and, and kind of come up with a plan. Obviously, once you get on the ground, a lot of times that'll change if you, uh, in a few areas, but think we do as much as we can prior prior to getting to the event and 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 in our preparation and practice to kind of be ready for what that course challenges may be yeah you mentioned google earth i remember mike heinen who Mm -hmm. used to open on the pj tour uh, he talked about uh using google earth to make a uh, yardage book for a practice round for a qualifier where you're having the u.s open qualifier and i'm going like what the heck is that uh, we just went off the basic yardage book so things have really changed uh when you go to that but a lot of people are going to match play, or of course the NCAA's are match play. Uh, how do you prepare for that, and what's the difference between match play and metal play? Kind of the preparation from the coaching side, and how do you get the guys ready for that uh, match play uh, format? Uh, not really. I mean, I think it's golf. You know, obviously it's a different uh, method of scoring, but the guys that usually play the best uh, win, and so you know, you just you just kind of got to um, hope that the matchups work out in your favor and. Uh, get out that way but there's a little bit more luck involved in match play obviously um just because you know we we may have one guy shoot 67 and his you know beat his opponent seven and six and we have another guy um and and that only counts for one point and then we have another guy that shoots 68 and loses to one up to another guy and so 
our team has played better, but the match is tied. And so a lot of times it just comes down to that one putt to, to the fortunate, um, you know, how things work out, but you just kind of go like, go play well. And hopefully you, you play better than the guy you're playing against. But I think um, as we move it and kind of transition into match play with all of our championships, you'll start to see less of a, uh, you know, what maybe somebody went in two or three or four out of five uh, as it comes down to it. So it's just going to be a little bit, even out a little bit more and give a, a few more teams a chance to, to, to win. But when we were playing in the SEC, everyone, pretty much everyone has a chance to win uh, medal play or match play right now. We mentioned match play. Do you think you'll see more match play events, uh, maybe amongst the, maybe the top teams or, you know, do you see that in the future to prepare for the SEC championship or the NCAA championship? It's tough to do because it uh, takes so long to do match play. Do you see that as a possibility in the future? Yeah, I think you'll see um, the the top teams that have championship aspirations probably play one regular season match play event um, just to kind of give your your team one extra opportunity to um, get used to the format and so that you're not just waiting until the championships to to play match play. So we're actually playing an SEC match play in the fall with all of the SEC teams um, down in Birmingham at Shoal Creek uh, this year. And I think the the Big 12 – um, play does does one as well. Big Ten also also does one in the spring. So um, it's you know I think you'll you'll see like I said the teams that have championship aspirations start to do that. You mentioned Shoal Creek. Uh, I was asked to be an ambassador to represent the University of Tennessee, which is an honor. Uh, Jerry Pate's putting that together at Shoal Creek. I'm looking forward to being there with y'all, and and uh, I'm going to be wearing orange, and I, I'll probably be obnoxious with it, but uh, uh, I'm proud of y'all, so I'm going to wear it proud, and uh, as we should be. But I'm looking forward to being down there with y'all. Uh, I, I never, I'm never embarrassed with with anyone wearing orange. It's the most beautiful color in the world. Uh, you all got uh, picked to go up to Noblesville for the regional. How do you prepare these guys for different grasses? Because uh, uh, that's a challenge. A lot of these guys grew up on Bermuda. They didn't grow up on Bend or, or Bluegrass or wherever it is or vice versa. Uh, you know, how did you all prepare for that? And, and uh, I had a feeling, though, when you, you, picked, uh, you got picked to go to Noblesville, I was going to have that Indiana connection where I grew up, and I had a really good feeling about that. So uh, how did you prepare? What did you guys do for that and, and to get ready? Yeah, I mean, we just kind of go up there and get used to the grasses. I think some of the guys that have played the majority of their golf in the south, um, you know, needed needed that extra few days um, to get used, especially around the greens. You know, there's a little bit of a few chipping techniques that, that may be different and uh, and just kind of getting to learn how to read the lies around the greens um, was very important. So having grown up in Canada, I'd seen most of that stuff and played on that grass more, more than I played uh, in Bermuda and, so I was able to help them out a little bit, um, but yeah, it was it was great. We got up um, and played at Purdue's golf courses, which is an incredible facility. Um, my good friend Rob Bradley's done an amazing job up there at Purdue, and he was uh, he set us up for three days there. And then, luckily, uh, some some guy used to play quarterback down here uh, had some ties in Indianapolis, so we were uh, we were able to get out and play crooked stick a couple times. And wonderful pro Tony Pancake uh, was a great host and. We had a good time there, and so that was a great preparation. We had a good time, and, and also just to kind of get away and, and be with each other and, and have some fun and some good dinners and laughs and um, get used to or get ready for what was coming with the postseason. Y'all get through the regionals at Noblesville, uh, not, I wouldn't say easily, but you played so solid, and uh, you head out to Scottsdale for the uh, NCAA championships, first time since 2013 that the men's team has made it to the national championship. And 
really solid team going out there. But uh, how did you prepare and how excited were the guys? What was the atmosphere? What was the feeling like when you got out there for the first time and, and, and getting ready to play at Scottsdale? Because it's a little bit different uh, uh, golf courses out there. But how did you get everybody ready to go uh, in Scottsdale? Yeah, I mean, I was happy that, that we were able to do that, especially um, with Reese and Braden's last year. Uh, you know, those guys have been a huge part of what we've done here um, in the three years. And so I was happy that they, they got to um, go out with uh, playing in an NCAA championship. Uh, I don't think we played very well at all that week. Um, but, you know, that's kind of part of the of the, the learning uh, curve of, of the program and, and with these guys. And it was uh, kind of an enlightening, funny story, but it kind of speaks to, to his mentality. But Bryce was like, so you're saying none of these none of these guys have played an NCAA championship before, and you know Bryce being a freshman, that's kind of just his expectations. Like we're going there every year, we're supposed to do that, and so I think it's part of like basically you know the transition of, of of the expectation level of what Tennessee golf does and who we are, and so it was uh, it was good. I'm glad we you know kind of got it behind us, and and we'll be better off this year, um, and and you know kind of more expect they'll have more expectations and. Um, more understanding of what a week like the NCAA championships looks and feels like. You mentioned Reese uh, Nevin, who was such a great player for so many years, and I had him on the podcast, and he said, you know, I'm going to win a trophy uh, in the spring. And I think he put a little bit of pressure on himself and, and had those expectations we talked about. It. I'm not saying it strangled him, but I think it just kind of got in the way and didn't allow himself to free it up. Uh, but he did win uh, up at Walton Heath or over at Walton Heath, I, I should say, over in England. So pretty excited about uh, that for him. But as a coach – Tell us what that's like to see one of your former players, and he hadn't been gone that long, win a big tournament like that, have the success. That's got to make you feel really, uh, really good, doesn't it? That's really cool. That's you know, I tell everybody I'm I'm about the luckiest person I've ever met in my life, and uh, for some reason I, I've got to you know use what I've, what I've been given and give back to these guys, and so that's that's what I love. Like that's the that's the cool part of the job, and it's what makes the hard days worth it. And you know, to see these kids go and realize their dreams and. Uh, it's it's just super cool. It's it's the best part about this job for sure. And, and Reese is such a great great human being, and uh, he deserves it uh, as much as anybody. And um, I'm looking forward to him as watching, following him, and being part of uh, his transition to professional golf here in, in a couple weeks. You know, we mentioned Reese, uh, but David Skins, former of all, uh, 16 years trying to get his PGA Tour card and did it. So congratulations to him. Looking forward to watching his success uh, on the PGA Tour. Real proud of him. I know he worked hard to get to that. You told you told me uh, uh, earlier that it took you a while. But uh, uh, getting back on the recruiting trail, first time in a, a long time. It had to be a little bit weird for everybody because you've been doing Zoom calls and text messaging. But uh, tell us what, what that was like. Like and the, the kind of that first few days you get out there and back at it again. What was it like? Uh, it was like I felt like my dog when I let her out of her crate. I mean, it was just we we're just getting getting out there and getting at it. Um, and it was it was full bore. Uh, June and July, I definitely spent more time with my fellow coaches than I did my own family. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we had we all kind of had a whole year and a half and, and did it all in, in two months. And so um, replenished our Delta points and Marriott points and uh, just, just uh, got at it. So it's been a unique recruiting cycle this year for sure. Um, I think there's been more action um, with visits and, and offers and, and kids committing than, than it's been in a long, long, long time, maybe 
back um, before we even had a recruiting calendar. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been exciting. Um, you know, I told Bo the other day, it's just like what we tell the guys, you still gotta be decent. You still gotta be patient. You still gotta be disciplined. So we're, uh, you know, I feel like we're getting a few more opportunities with the bigger players than, than we may have in the past. And, um, we're kind of enjoying, enjoying the, our labor here and, and looking forward to getting some, uh, more elite players on campus. You talk about getting the elite players, and I think that's the the thing that's happening at Tennessee is we're a place now where you can not only improve, but you have a chance to get to the PGA Tour, and you're building that. But let's talk about your assistant coach, Bo Andrews. Let's go back to the USAM just a week or so ago. And not only did he qualify, but he made it to the round of 64, lost to the guy that finishes second. And in the meantime, gets engaged at the qualifier. It's quite a story. If you've listened to an earlier podcast with him, you'll hear that story. So go back and listen to Bo Andrews's uh, story. But how proud are you of him? Were you as the coach and how great a job has Bo been doing? It was amazing. I mean, it truly was amazing to think, I mean, this guy could not have played more than seven or eight rounds of golf since, I mean, even March um, with all the coaching we did. And like I said, we were, we were out on the road, June and July. And he was working as hard as anybody. And he's, without a doubt, the best assistant coach in the country. And so for him to go and do what he did, I mean, just to qualify was amazing. I thought um, he had maybe, he had only played once in probably the 12 days leading into that qualifier. And then, um, and then to go make match play is just a whole nother level. Um, and then gave, you know, Austin a, a, a run there in the, in the first round. And, um, so it was, it was incredible. It was awesome to see. Um, I was really happy for him. I know he had a great time. He enjoyed being back competing and, um, you know, doing some things he hadn't done for, for a few years. So it was great. He's, he's obviously an amazing representative of our program and everything he does. And that was really cool to see him have that enjoyable week last week. And he, uh, I have a feeling that he's not going to let that go. And there's going to be a lot of comments about, uh, about that as we uh, travel uh, through the season with the guys. Did you guys, do you guys ever get out and, and practice and play against those guys? I mean, I'm sure Bo does now, especially he will this fall now that he's at USAM round of 64. He's going to give it to him all he wants. But uh, do you all ever get to do that, or do you have the chance of doing that uh, and keep your game sharp? Or how much do you guys get to play uh, uh, at all, if at all? We know Bo didn't play much. Yeah, I mean, Bo, Bo will chip and play with them every now and then, but very, very few, very few times does he get out there and play with them. I don't really ever. I've only played – one round of golf since the start of last season in August. And, and that was because it was uh, a nice invitation to a nice place, but it was, uh, yeah, he does, he doesn't get out much. He does get to practice some and um, he's out here till dark most nights with the guys messing around. So he, he gets a little bit of that, but now he doesn't play much with the guys when he's here in town. Of course, with Bo's success, he's going to be able to, as we mentioned earlier, give it to those guys, especially Bryce, because he beat Bryce up there at Oakmont. But uh, I think Bryce can handle it. He likes that challenge. And I told Bryce when he went to qualify, uh, <laughs> they really had a lot of pressure on himself uh, just to make the qualifier because Bo already had. But uh, uh, what's ahead for you all in the fall, and, and what are you looking forward to uh, with the guys and the expectations maybe, or not so much expectations? Uh, what's it look like for the men's uh, golf team going forward? Yeah, looking, we're looking forward to it. We're starting uh, a little bit later than we normally do. We're starting at the honors course, um, which is kind of will feel like a home game. Uh, only about an hour and ten minutes from campus. We try and get down there two or three times a month um, during the season, so uh, it'll be fun. We'll have um, certainly going to have some fun times up until then. We'll do our kind of annual orange and white cup 
uh, where the guys will play each other in our kind of a Ryder Cup format, preparing for that and getting some competitions. And then we'll have some guys, like I mentioned earlier, go play some other tournaments as individuals. But the team-wise, we'll do the honors, and then um, we'll get get to return back to, to the blessings uh, to give that another go and, and be on the Golf Channel. Really looking forward to that. If we could get uh, Packer to, you know, show us a little bit on TV, it'll be nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it should be a great start to the season. Well, I know we're going to get Brant Packer to get y'all on in the fall of the few tournaments. Uh, so uh, I think you can uh, plan on that. And I know you guys get a lot of grief from the other coaches. New coach uh, on the women's side. Uh, you know, have you spent much time with her? How do you think the women's team is going to do? And Keep the program going and, and heading in the right direction. She's obviously an alum, loves, loves Tennessee. And um, I know she's uh, raring to go. And she has a tremendous, tremendous energy um, around the facility. So I'm excited. We're actually going to go have a, our own Ryder cup day on Tuesday with the guys and the girls and mix them all up and, uh, and have a good time. So we'll, uh, we're interested, we're excited for, uh, for the direction of both programs for sure. Do y'all get to spend much time together as a team, uh, maybe with each other and, and, you know, competitions or how do y'all, cause I think successful programs do, they have that kind of bond with each other. Uh, Tuesday will be the first time, so we're we're looking forward to kind of turning over a new leaf and and, uh, and be a part of uh, of both programs, um, getting to the top for sure. Coach Webb, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us again. Great to have you back on the podcast. Uh, really excited about the future of both the men's and the women's program at the University of Tennessee. I'm a proud alum. Proud to see you've got a contract extension. So proud of Bo and how he played at the USAM and the guys. Just the way they conduct themselves, uh, they re- represent our school, our program, just uh, in, in a great way. And the future's bright for the Tennessee Vols. And uh, as I'd like to say, uh, whether in life or golf, you may have only one shot. Y'all are making a count. And go Vols! Down car in the 8 a.m. traffic, bumper to bumper, nobody laughing, dead cell phone. Somebody throw me a bone, is it just me? Am I all alone now? 